everyone, and welcome to episode number 28 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. And we are rejoined by our lone position player in the rotation, shortstop for the Miami Marlins, Miguel Rojas, who is joining us with a different look today. Where are you, sir? From my uh, home locker room. Look at this. That's my uh, uh, fantasy football trophy from a couple years ago. You know, I'm always going to have that there to show everybody that, hey, whatever you put in your mind, you can achieve. You know, I never watched football growing up or anything. First time playing fantasy football and I got that trophy. So uh, whenever you guys want some lessons or jump on my team, hey, oh. Chris, we, we, we might we might going to have to team up. Oh, then listen, well, you're in. The only league I play in is the Rose Family League. Okay. But it could be the Rojas Rose. You, you're like an honorary family member anyway. Yeah, we can do that for sure. Yeah. I, I'll so, get you I'll get you to our league, the Marlins League. Ooh. So I'll I'll pay I'll pay for it and you're just gonna be uh my kind of my I'm gonna be the owner, you're gonna be the, the coach and well, you're gonna be making the lineup. Full disclosure, as an employee of the NFL network, we don't uh, partake in anything where there's money exchanging hands. Go. It is simply for a trophy and feeling good in life, right? Okay, okay. I get yeah. it. That's uh so I'm I'm welcoming that in the roast. Well, you can win whatever you want. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying as if I just (laughs) want to be able to win and just say that I won because that's that's how we roll at the NFL Network. That's great. That's great. I like that. There's always like one guy who thinks that he could be an NFL general manager on the team. Who is that guy on the Marlins? Oh, definitely. It was JT Riamuto at that time. Oh. So, yeah, for me, beating Jelish and Riamuto that year, it was amazing because I was the one that he didn't know anything about football. I didn't know it, like the, the name of the players. I thought Dan Marino was going to be my quarterback, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's how bad I was, you know? Like uh, I thought Chad Ochocinco was still playing at the time. And I was so excited to draft him. But uh, I mean, uh, beating those two guys, JT and, and Jelish, they're always going to have to live with it. Oh, they still have the ass over it, I bet. Ah, uh, maybe, maybe not the ass, but uh, they they kind of you know worrying about uh, donating money to me that year for sure. Yeah, that's good, yeah. dude. Yeah, just just walk around, just point to your Jordans and be like, "This is courtesy of you guys." Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um. All right, hold up your finger. Uh, Maggie, this is uh. This is what happened a couple of days ago. Uh, I'm recording today this show, and this happened four days four days ago. But I'm happy to say uh, a lot of people have been asking. I know a lot of Madden's fans gonna gonna watch the show when it came out. It's been four days, and I'm feeling I'm feeling really really good already. You know, I thought I was gonna miss more time, but uh, I'm working my ass off every single day to get back on the field as soon as as possible. I'm not going to let this injury kind of take uh, extra time that I'm supposed to be out for. And uh, that's why I'm here at the ballpark today, because I'm recording from here, because right after this, I'm going to go get to the training room and and go to work. Uh, unfortunately, things that happens in the game that sometimes you can't really control, and there's going to happen anyways. But uh, So for all the Martins fans over there, I know I haven't been posting anything on social media or whatever. I'm focused on on getting back to the field and just working so hard while the team is in the road right now. They're in Buffalo. They're about to uh, play a series against the Blue Jays. 
So uh, I'm here in Miami working hard to get back to, uh, to normal. You also can't type. So that's another reason you can't get on social media. Do you ever realize how hard it is to type with this thing? <laughs> it is really hard, but I use my thumb. It was uh, harder when I, I, I broke my thumb a couple of years ago. Oh. It was that, that was hard because, uh, I mean, left-handed typing, Ooh. I don't, I, I couldn't get to the, and I'm, I'm not like Nick, you know, I have my, I have my, 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 my smartphone. <laughs> we will hear from Nick Castellanos of the Cincinnati Reds coming up momentarily. Uh, and he's, he's going to be great. I'm just telling you. Um, 100%. Man, oh man. So how are you mentally? And I always have to ask guys that are hurt. Unfortunately, I've had to ask Brault. I've had to ask Archie Bradley. And now I'm going to ask you, because you are the captain of the Miami Marlins. How tough is it watching games? Yeah, it's pretty tough, especially this year, because uh, I had the... I want to be on the field, man. I want to be there every single day. I still get mad every time I got bench or not bench like off days from Donnie, you know, when he come to me and say, Hey, uh, we're going to give you a day here or there, like here or there, because, uh, you know, like you've been playing like 10 in a row or whatever. I still get mad every time I, I, I'm not, I'm not seeing this myself in the lineup, but, uh, at this time it's extra challenging because it's something that, uh, uh, mentally I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to accept, you know, when it happens, I didn't want to accept that I was going to be out for a little while because when, when you did dislocate a finger, you know for sure that you're going to be out. You know, there's no way in, in a baseball season that you can play with a, with a dislocated finger with a little fracture. So for me, it's like uh, I, I passed that point where I was like really sad, really mad about it and, and feeling sorry for myself. So I, I passed that. I, I think everybody, when they, they get hurt, they think their, their season is over, you know, like I'm not going to be playing baseball anymore, whatever it is that go through your mind. But that's when you need a, like a solid foundation, your family, your teammates, your coaches, they're being so good, like texting me and, and trying to keep me in the loop, you know, and, and I haven't been deleted to this uh, group chat that we have with the lineup and, and like what we're going to do for the day and the schedule and stuff like that. And that makes me feel like I'm still there with the team. But yeah, it's, it's challenging because I need to be here in Miami when the team is on the road trying to uh, grind every single day to get wins. But uh, at the same time, I, I feel like I, I have a responsibility right now, which is uh, working hard and get back to, uh, to close to 100% as soon as possible. Is it difficult to watch the games on TV? It is for me because uh, I, I really enjoy uh, watching what's going on live and and being there in the dugout and trying to help any way, any way is possible. But at, at, at the same time, I feel like this is a different perspective that the players need to need to feel at some point. You know, you need to see the game from a different perspective. So, you know, you're not so bad or you're not so good. You know what I mean? Uh, to trying to keep that, that line even, you know, and trying to keep yourself humble. You have to see the game from a different perspective. and. Uh, I've been enjoying watching the game on TV because I can see another, another angle. But uh, man, I can't wait to be to get back and and be playing. Is there anything that you can help teammates with by watching the yeah. game on TV? A hundred percent. I actually text Aggie, uh, Jesus Aguilar, a couple couple days ago when he was playing in Boston. So I know he's kind of struggling right now, you know, to find his his power stroke again and you know do his thing. 
And like, like I say, watching from a different angle uh, and watching on TV is different than watching from the dugout. So uh, I'm seeing what he's doing, the way that they're pitching. And I can text him right away, you know, and he can, he can check it out after the games and see how they're pitching him and stuff like that. Or okay. if I see something on the field, like we, we got a lot of young players playing in the middle. We got Jose Devers playing shortstop for us right now. Isan Diaz at second base. So if I see something on the chief that like the other night, um, I, I think Rafael Devers, uh, was running at second base. He's not a base stealer, you know, he's not a, he's not a threat on the bases. Like, I don't think we should have be like so close to him. And I seen, um, I, I don't remember who it was that hit a ball that went right through the chief, but it was because the second baseman was kind of holding him, holding him on a second. And I, th- that's, that's one of the things that you see from TV that you can actually like, I, I, I didn't text Ethan. I, I said it right to the, to our infield coordinator and I say, Hey, we should, we should be able to catch a ball if we're not holding the runner, you know? So um, those are the kind of stuff that I still do uh, from my house because I care about this, uh, about this team. And I care about every, every little inch of advantage that we can get. Good. Hey everybody. I know father's day is right around the corner and you're probably thinking my dad has everything. What does he need? He needs something from dugout mug. So go out and get it right now. You got the dugout mug. You can get it engraved with whatever you want. My kids, they already got a freebie here because it already says Chris Rose here. You got the wind up as well. You got the season opener for uh, Pop's favorite drink. And then you got the knob shots as well. Look at how cute that is. And oh, how much fun it is. So you go to dugoutmugs.com. Use the keyword rotation. That is rotation, and you'll get 35% off your order if you're one of the first 500 people. But if you're some of the next 500, don't worry. You'll get 30% off. The next 500 after that, get 25% off, and so on and so on. I am here to save you money and get your father a great, great gift as well. So once again, that is dugoutmugs.com. Use the keyword rotation to save some cash, and then Pops will be drinking his favorite beverage. Show everybody what you're wearing today. So this is what yes. I'm wearing, man. Look at look at this uh, t-shirt that I just got to my house the other day. Chris Rose a... rotation. I, I'm so happy. I'm so happy to be part of the rotation. To be honest, man, it's been it's been amazing because uh, I mean, the the guys the guys around the league they're asking you for like how it is, you know. And I think we're getting more people involved. So we're yeah. just gonna be talking to Nick today. Hopefully later we uh we can get uh. So someone that I want to get is Javi Baez. I want to talk to Javi oh, about, about God, what happened yes. a couple of days ago, man. Is he, is he in your phone? It's not in my phone, but I can I can reach him for sure. Yeah, but uh, no, I, gotta, I love I, I, I love to talk Javi. to him, man. And I love his energy. Need, I love everything about him. Um, we need to yeah, talk he's to a Javi. Fascinating he's one. one of my favorites, man. One of my favorite players and and one of my the, the favorite shortstops. Yeah, he's starting sure. to swing it too. He's He's starting to get Javi hot, if you know yep. what that means. Yeah. The MVP caliber, 100%, for sure. All right. So, by the way, for people that are on audio only, we appreciate you joining us. But uh, Miggy's wearing a Chris Rose rotation T-shirt. That is available at johnboymedia.com. So, if you want to get it for yourself or for somebody for Father's Day, make a nice gift. Go for it. It's nice and yeah. soft, too, isn't it? That's the thing I love most. Soft. I, I think I'm going to work out on this after, after this interview. For oh, yeah. Sure. So, you're going to sweat right on my face there. Yeah, right here on your baseball card. Is that your I'm baseball a sweater card? anyway, so that's good. It'll it'll baseball. work perfectly. 
So it's Chris Rose baseball card from Joe Bo John Boy Media. It's the only yeah. baseball card I've ever had. I was <laughs> not very good. I peaked at about um, at about eight years old. I wasn't a very good player. That was it. That was your peak. Yeah, I um, my, my last year of organized baseball, I hit 314 as an eighth grader, and then when we got to high school, the pitching got too fast, and I was just like, I'm out of here. I can't do oh, it. Yeah. yeah. You, you couldn't afford you couldn't afford to get hit or or something like that and you know and be out oh, no, no, i just i couldn't hit you you could have stopped that sentence after you couldn't hit <laughs> <laughs> that's where it was. No, I was i was more worried about you getting the reaction time to get away from the ball oh yeah ball if, if no, i did not like getting hit by the baseball that was not my thing yeah. um can we talk about the amazing uniforms you guys displayed in that last homestand the cuban sugar canes ones i mean Man, do they really sweet huh oh off the charts great off the yeah. charts great and the good thing is i'm here at, the, um, at my locker so i can show you i know a lot of people saw it on social media already but uh yes i mean there's there's me there's me like getting getting to see the the jersey for the first time but i did some a little tribute you know like this city man to me I talk about it before, you know, like this city is being so good and great to me. And the Cuban uh, people here in Miami are so, like so nice. People always like uh, make you feel at home, you know. And I did a little tribute, something that I do every day, which is the Cuban coffee. I stop in stores and get Cuban coffee or cortadito. And, uh, you know, the cigars, I, I don't do I don't do cigars, but uh, uh, that's something really Cuban. And uh, I call this pair of shoes the Havana 305. So oh. uh, that's why they put Havana right here. And uh, um, the palm trees and stuff. These are the pairs that are going to be wearing um, during this, uh, these games with the Sugar Kings. But to talk about the jerseys and the uniforms, amazing. I think the crown on the, on the hat, really, really good. Is it, the is colors, there, these, nice. this look is so good. Did it take somebody like I remember you y'all ripped on Alfaro for his lack of style. So when he puts this uniform on, does he go from like a four out of ten to a seven out of ten? Well, the thing is like Alfaro was hurting and he didn't play with this with this uniform yet. So he's still ugly. He's still he's still <laughs> a four. <laughs> no, but uh, hey, these these uniforms, if you're not flashy <laughs> or anything, it's gonna make you look good. Like to to be honest with you, the guy that he like liked the most, the, this uniform the most, it was Brian Anderson. And Brian Anderson is the most like quiet, like not flashy individual. Like he barely like wear an arm sleeve when he plays, and he loved them. And he he, he raked that 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 weekend. So the, did his swag level go through the roof? And and then he started doing good. And I talked to him. I say, bro, you need to start like getting swagged up every single every single day to uh to play because you you rake when you do that you know yeah dude those things are awesome you know and then the white Sox came out with their look did you see the Southsiders look you and g later yeah, we're gonna have to have like some sort of uniform battle yeah i i think uh really really classic and really clean i think they did a really good job with the white white and black and kind of gray thing uh for the white Sox. i really yeah. like them but I mean, I can go away from the Miami ones. No, I'm flashy. I'm flashy, and you know, like I like I like the colors. So now, could I pull it off, or no? 
I think so. Too, yeah. Is it too much flash for me, or can I could I wear it out and people be like, "Whoa, Rose!" Next episode, this is your homework. I'm Ooh. gonna give you a homework uh, today for the next episode with me on on the Chris Rose rotation. You're gonna have to wear the Sugar King hats oh. and the jersey. It's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be on your way. Hey, not only will I wear it, I will video myself walking around town in it, and I'm gonna have okay. people. Tell me whether or not I look swaggy or not. Nah, let's do that. I like oh, it. I am in. I, what I'm number, I might what even, number you want? What, what do you mean, what number do I want? I mean, I got to ask you. I'm going to send you the whole thing. Like, rows in the back. There's only number one number I want. 15? 19? Who's my guy in the Marlins? Oh, well, I mean, if, if it's going to be because of my number... You're gonna have to wear my last name. Oh, I want a jersey that is for you. You know, oh. it's Rose. Let's say you play for the Marlins. We 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 sign you for a for a one weekend contract, and yeah, you well, can when, play with that jersey. What number would you wear? Okay, well, first of all, then you are not making the playoffs this year if you've signed me. I just <laughs> I, I just want to let you know. Uh, I was always 14. I was always okay. a huge Pete Rose fan growing up, um, and so I always wore 14. Okay, there you go. So 14 rows in your jersey for the You're next awesome. episode. You're a good, good man. That's that the that's so the homework. Okay, we're in. We're in. Uh, we've got the always entertaining and honest Nick Castellanos of the Cincinnati Reds coming your way. We will be right back to the Chris Rose rotation after this message from Cushy Dreams. You guys probably know Cushy. If you know Cushy Dreams, you're excited to hear about this. If you don't know Cushy Dreams, tune in. Cushy Dreams, we're in lockstep together. John Boy Media and Cushy Dreams. It is smokable CBD. Looks like weed. Smells like weed. It's not. It's 100% legal. CBD, they've got some relax. They've got the hustle. Yeah, you probably don't relate CBD with hustle. It's got that side to it. It also has the relaxing side. It's got the think, if you really want to explore yourself. They've got all of it. It's great for anxiety. It's great for stress. You got a bum knee? Try out some CBD. You're going to like it. We have gotten a lot of feedback from people that this was how they jumped in the CBD game. And they're hooked. They love it. Cushy Dreams, they are the best. And if you get them with promo code ROSE, 20% off your next order. So it's not a first order. It's not a last order. If you're getting Cushy Dreams, promo code ROSE for 20% off. They've got the individual single serving pre-rolled. Go check those out. There's video of us smoking those if you're into that kind of thing. Or, I mean, they just serve them. We got, I got one right here. I think me and BBD might be about to get our Cushy Dreams on right after this. Promo code ROSE, 20% off with Cushy Dreams. Go to their website, cushydreams.com. Promo code ROSE, 20% off. Try it out. You're going to like it. Get it for a loved one. Someone that's got a bum ankle or something. Feel good. So you say you want to work in the baseball world that don't know how to get involved. That's where our friends at Sports Management Worldwide are here to help. They offer an eight-week course in several different areas, like baseball player development course. That's with a former baseball GM, Dan Duquette. Say you want to become a sports agent. 
Oscar Suarez, who is a longtime agent, is there to teach you a course. We've got a baseball GM and scouting course with former Dodgers GM Dan Evans and a 40-year baseball scout, Hank Jones. And then there's also a baseball analytics course with Ari Kaplan, who's one of the gurus of analytics. In fact, that course was so good that current Royals manager Mike Matheny actually took it. So they'll teach you how to get a job, who to know, and how to help. And it's not just baseball. They can help you out with football, rugby, cricket, hockey, uh, sports broadcasting. Maybe that's a course that I should take. Uh, Esports, sports gambling as well. So once again, they are here to help. You can apply for free at smww.com. Use the discount code JOMBOY for $50 off of the course that you choose. So go out and do something today. You want to be involved. They are here to help. Once again, it is smww.com. 50 bucks off the course that you choose with the code word John Boy. We continue on with the Rose rotation as we welcome in the hottest hitter in baseball. He's so hot, he's got to wear a beanie in early June in Cincinnati. Yeah. It's Nick Castellanos. Nick, what's going on, man? Nothing, man. Just hanging out. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, so Mickey Rose started this off by telling me that you live like five minutes from him in the offseason. When are you guys going to hit together, dude? I'll give you my number, man. Anytime. Yeah, I hit by for my, sure. I have, a, I have a setup at my house. I just kind of hit and, you know, alone do my own thing. I'm too crazy for a hitting coach. So, you know how it this goes. Is, this, is one of the, this is one of the things that we should talk about. This guy, a uh, couple years ago, we haven't played in a while because uh, so he got – he got to uh, he got to the Cubs. I never play against him with the Cubs, but uh, he was with the Tigers. And we talked when he was a second base. He was a Mount Beast or something like that. And we talk about that a little bit about like not having a hitting coach and kind of taking your own, you know, knowledge and everything that you learn about the years from seeing good hitters, from your own mistakes, from uh, making adjustment on your own swing. You know, and kind of like going with uh, with a guy that probably you idolize, right? Manny Ramirez. I'm seeing a lot of similarity, you know, like a couple of years ago, it was a little bigger. Now it's more on of your own thing. But that's what I, that's what impressed me about Nick, man. Uh, he took ownership on his own career, you know, like body wise. He uh, he worked out at his own place. I remember talking about him with him about this, about having his own kind of gym his own setup at home and he just go there and figure out himself. Like he's no, it's no one else stepping on the batter's box for you. Right. So for me, like, is that something that you, you, you should talk about here for everybody and knowing that you taking ownership on your own career. Well, first off, man, thank you for all that. That's sounds really good when you clump it all together. <laughs> uh, but well, first and foremost, to say that I did everything, you know, by myself, that would just be arrogant. There are, there are certain eyes that I trust, you know, but it's really, it's really, um, it's really putting your trust in those people. And, and that's, and that's it, you know? So like, uh, where I can lean on every time I feel like I'm getting a little bit away, I have just those same set of eyes. So it just, it just is, more consistent with what uh the information that i gather because right now with with all the videos and all the numbers and all the angles and all the scouting reports you know it can it can be so easy to get lost in so much information that you just forget first and foremost that it's you're you're a kid playing baseball right 
So, and then what he said too, is like learning, learning yourself and learning your body and learning your habits and learning how you respond in situations and just being aware, right? So you can evolve as a player is so important, right? So the example that I would give is like, you know, you can, you can teach, you can tell your kid, right? So like Liam, I have a seven-year-old. I can tell Liam to clean his room all the time, right? And he'll even do it. He'll do it exactly like I explain him to do it. But I think the goal is for him to recognize that first and foremost, it's his room, right? And he should clean it because his room is a reflection of him. And then if you take it a step further, once he spends enough time in his room, he can figure out ways to clean it that I haven't even thought of yet. Right. So I don't even know if that's an analogy that makes sense, but totally, you know, that's kind of the way that that I think about, uh, you know, myself and as a baseball player, you know, because if we're not getting better, we're getting worse. So is this why my kids at 20 and 15 a suck at baseball is because they can't clean their room right? <laughs> I just want to make sure I'm, I'm getting this 100 percent. Well, it was. I mean, I was in the big leagues and I still didn't really realize how to clean my room when I first got there. And that's probably why I was subpar, you know, and inconsistent and, you know, very easy to be influenced one way or the other, because I'd rather have somebody else clean my room. Let me let me tell you something. When you don't know how to clean your room, you're always searching for something, you know, 100 percent. You continue when you continue to search for for some things you're never going to get to a point where you're going to realize how good you can be. You know, you. if you see, like, I, I, I don't, I like putting myself as an example, because uh, if you see my numbers throughout the years, you seem, you see my numbers hitting a hundred, 187, my first year in the big leagues, and then 220 or something like that. So when you see that kind of stuff, you only need to say, you know what, I need to find ways to get better mm -hmm. every single day. If I want to get to where I want to be, you know, same thing with Nick, his career, probably early, early in his career, he didn't have the success that he had now because he didn't know how to clean his room properly, you know? So now that he figured out, he find himself a way to do it like I did, you know? I didn't do it myself, like you say. Ricardo Sosa in Miami helped my career and, and kind of like made my career better just because I find a guy that helps me and I throw his eyes, I throw his work, and there you go. You got a better hitter and a better player. Same thing with Nick. But uh, I mean, I agree with what he say and, and the way that you take ownership on your own career mm -hmm. and want it to be better, want it to be the best. I remember he, this guy saying on national media that he wants to be the best hitter in the league. And he accomplished that two months into the season. He's a career low, a strikeout rate, less than 20%. And I think that's amazing. Why? Because the way that the big list are right now the ways that these guys are pitching in a tough division this guy is striking out less than ever hitting homers hitting for average and that's something that you don't find anymore you know so i will say this one thing that has definitely simplified my life a lot better is i got rid of my smartphone what i wow. got rid of it i trashed it okay why because it was too much it was too much of a distraction and it was too much information and i wasn't responsible enough and self-aware enough to make it to to for me to be using my smartphone instead of my smartphone to be using me so i trashed it 
And a lot of the clutter and a lot of the, you know, the Twitter, the Instagram, the YouTube videos, the highlights, the, oh, he's hitting good right now. What's he doing? What's he doing? This, that, like, I don't have any of that. So like, everything is just very simple right now. I have, you know, the games, which obviously I give my soul to, I come home, I have my wonderful wife that, you know, make sure the rest of my life is in order. I have my you know, friends, my family, and it's just, it's a lot simpler. Wow. And I think that, you know, living that, uh, living, living that simplistic way, you know, just not just baseball, but everything just seems to be moving just a little bit slower right now. That's fast. So what do you have a flip phone? What do you have? One of the old 1980s, big, big mambo okay. jambas. Go grab what do you it. Got? Show you. Yeah. I, the, I need to see it. Is it. By the way, Eleven dollars and ninety nine cents, unlimited calls and texts anywhere oh in the God. world. That's amazing! Wow, yeah, that's amazing. Hey. And this, I think, I think this is gonna be the best segment of of this show ever, just because of that. You know, you want to hit three seventy in the show? Go get yourself a flip phone, folks. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's, what do you want to do, right? Like, what do you want, right? For me, I want to be able to say that I gave everything I could to be yep. the best baseball player I can be, right? I want not only to be the best baseball player I can be, but I want to also be somebody that can make the people around me better because at the end of the day, I want to win a ring, you know? So, like, I would much rather, whenever it is that I hang it up, I hang it up on my own accord saying that, like, man, I gave everything to this. So whenever my next chapter of my life starts, I don't have any regrets. No, that's, that's awesome, man. That's so it's great good. to hear. Um, and 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 just just to that is he's not the only professional athlete that did that. I don't I don't know if you guys remember last year when LeBron went to the bubble, he say, I'm gonna shut down every one of my social media channels and True. all of that because I'm here to win a championship. You know what I mean? And that happens more times that, that you think happens with baseball players and professional athletes. You gotta get away from that if you want to be successful for sure. I am putting my phone away for the next few minutes, just in honor well, of that. With your, with your occupation, man, you need it. Exactly. What occupation is that these days, Nick? I'm not even so sure what it is anymore, but that's another discussion. Um, okay. I want to, so correct me if I'm wrong. I think when you were on intentional talk one time, you told me that your family took you around to Marlin. Didn't you meet a bunch of the Marlins when you were a kid? <clears throat> okay. So, yeah. So, um, Alex Fernandez, right? Yes. Me growing me growing up was an extremely close family friend of mine. Uh, you know, my dad was their family doctor. They lived in our neighborhood. Uh, it was just a big group of like Miami guys, you know, also Alex being Cuban, my my family's of Cuban descent. So just uh, just a lot of ties and stuff. And then uh, I would always be at Alex's house because, you know, he lived in my, you know, I could walk there, ride my bike. And he always had a big setup. So after school, not only did he have a cage, but he also had an infield. So my dad would come pick me up from school. We'd go to Alex's house. We'd take ground balls on his on his infield in the backyard. And then he'd go into the bat and then we'd go to his cage. And that's when my dad would start throwing to me. And just about that time is that's when Millar would be waking up because, uh, you know, he would crash at Alex's place. And Alec and, you know, Kevin would hit against lefties. My dad was a lefty. So sometimes he would we would go in and out and he would hit off my pops in that cage. And, uh, you know, at the time, I'm like, just, man, who's this guy taking swings from me right now? <laughs> but, uh, 
yeah so fortunately growing up you know like that was kind of uh i was probably really big in the early stages because just seeing alex and being able to even like take swings uh with kevin and being in the clubhouse with you know uh all the guys that they had, you know, Sheffield, Floyd, uh, Kevin Brown, uh, uh, Rob Nen, I remember was there, Bobby Bonilla, just seeing all these guys. And like, I, I remember like, well, these guys are just like me, really. They're just bigger. So it's, it's just, even at a young age, it was, it just made the big leagues, that dream, it just made it real. It made it tangible, right? Like I could touch it. I could feel it. Uh, it didn't make it seem like it was too far away to grab so cool that that really is awesome so tell everybody who you hit your first homer off of in the show uh josh beckett what a <laughs> what an what an incredible first like full circle moment for me right there man because you know alex obviously after he even retired he had all the hookups with you know postseason tickets and things like that so every single postseason game that was at home in 97 and 03, like we were there front and center cheering for the Marlins, uh, all of it, you know, and just to see Beckett do what he did during that 03 run. I think he was, what, 23 years old mm -hmm. went on short rest two like two complete game shutties against the Yankees. I guess the Yankees, yeah. He uh, the amount of like newspaper clippings and just pictures and photos and signed stuff that we had kind of in my uh like pool table room area where we would like hang out and stuff was all, you know, Beckett, Maggie, Alex, Sheffield. Uh, so to be able to, you know, hit my first home run against somebody that was so celebrated in my house is, uh, you know, you just can't make that shit up. Yes, and I, and Dodger Stadium too. Uh, I, I got a, I got a guess that was uh, 2014. Mm -hmm. That was 2014, yeah. Yeah, I think I was like in I think early I, April. Early April, yeah. I wasn't there yet, but uh, I remember that. Hey, Dodger Stadium, you, you know how how packed Dodger Stadium can get, and hitting 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 a homer there against Beckett is it's a big accomplishment. That's, that's I, awesome. So that was so that was my second my second at bat against him. The first one, he punched me out with three fastballs, and all just right down the middle. And I was so frustrated with myself because afterwards, because that was the first time like digging in, you know, I wasn't even worried about the ball because I was too busy looking at Josh, you know, <laughs> and then yeah, just that can happen. Man. And then I remember like in the dugout kind of getting in the corner, like, all right, man, you got to wake up, like, let's go, you know, it's game time. And then, uh, my next at bat, I just, I remember like, he's not throwing another fastball by me. And I think that fastball was probably up on my chin, but I was just so ready to hit that. I got up that I, that I was able to get to the spot. Well, it's interesting. Um, a lot of guys don't remember their first home run because they black out running around the bases. Did that? Oh, happen? I remember. No, I remember everything. I remember. I remember that there was a meeting to the mound because uh, uh, Austin Jackson just hit a line drive double down the line to left, which set it up to first and third. There was two outs already, so he got. He was. It was two outs quick in the inning. Um, I think Victor got on with a walk. Austin Jackson, I'm pretty sure, hit a double to set it up second and third. Then there was a pitcher's meeting, right, to go out to talk to him. And I remember, like, oh, I wonder what they're going to say. Like, I wonder if he's going to try like, a different way to get me out. And I'm like, no, forget it. He's going to – don't miss the fastball. Don't miss the fastball. And, like, I was just ready to hit the fastball, and I got the fastball, and I hit it. And I remember, like, as soon as I hit it, 
like I went to go drop my bat and it got kind of stuck by my by my legs. And I remember trying to get over my bat because I thought it was going to be a double. And I'm just running. I'm like, get up, get up, get up. And then like it gets over. And I just remember like, you know, just pumping my fist because I was jacked up. <laughs> that is so <laughs> everything, awesome. man. Everything that you're uh, describing right there is what happened, man. Unbelievable. That is great. Uh, so I was chatting with Eric Hosmer the other day. Yeah. What do you think? I told him you were coming on the show. What do you think he said to me? Good luck. I don't know. You know, he said, he said, if the guy gets to 3000 hits, you tell him that he owes me one, like number one. Oh, that I owe him. Yeah. Look at, look at this. This is your first hit in the show. Yeah. <laughs> first. Hey. So yeah. So it's crazy, right? He was my first baseman in high school. You know, when I was playing, when I was playing on the left side of the infield, every time I threw a ball, it was over to him, you know, and then he had, he got his thousandth hit, you know, right by me. So, so it's just, wow. it's crazy, man. Full circle stuff like that. So what's he saying to you at first base as you're huffing and puffing after beating that thing out? He's just saying like, oh, con well, at first we didn't know if it was a hit or not because they put an error on the board. Ooh. Yeah, so we didn't know, and then it was afterwards where he's like, "Man, congrats, man!" Like, you know, there's there's number one, first one out of the way, and I think at the time he was he had a great year that year. I think he like led baseball and like hits the second half, so he was already up and doing his thing. Yeah. By the way, he also said you guys were the number one team in the country in high school his senior year. I guess you were a sophomore, and he yeah. said that you you guys were in danger of losing. I think maybe the semifinals or something, and you hit a massive bomb. And then you hit one in the championship as well. He was like, he's the best hitter I've ever seen. And you're talking about in high school? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got I got really locked in for the postseason during those two. So, you know, the early part of my sophomore year, I remember, you know, I came in with a big head because I made like second team all county as a freshman, had like the highest average. So, of course, you know, when you're young and stupid, you think that well, success is inevitable nowadays, you know. So I just got this game <laughs> So, you know, it, 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 the game punched me in the mouth pretty hard in the beginning of my sophomore year. I actually ended up getting benched. And that was like a huge thing for me. Like, well, that's it. My baseball career is over. I'm benched on my varsity team. You know, like, uh, what, a, you know, just, you know, going through it, man. Your mind, mind is crazy when, you know, the world isn't going the way you want it to. And uh, I remember I just, my mom gave me this book that it was called uh, The Mental Keys of Hitting by Harvey Dorfman. You guys ever heard of it? Yeah. I heard, yeah. Uh -huh. So I remember I was just walking around the American Heritage Campus just inhaling this book for like, you know, three, four days. And then I was just itching and waiting to get like my, the next time I could play. And I ended up, we, we, we almost lost our first game in the postseason. And then uh, our head coach was like, hey, you're going to go, like you're playing again because the guy who was playing for me was not doing very well at all. So I got an opportunity and I just was like, I was lights out the rest of the time there, just absolutely locked in. That's so good. That's so good. Mingy, I don't even know. I mean, we've talked about your background in Venezuela. You came to this country as a Reds minor leaguer at 17. Like, did you, do you guys have high school baseball or what as a kid? Like, how do you get better there? Now, in Venezuela, we don't have uh, like a scholar uh, kind of, you know, like when you go to school, you don't play in a team for, for that school. 
all you have to do is your family have to find you a place where you go play baseball. Oh. And then that kind of, you know, that kind of state or the, the city have some kind of like baseball team. So you play for that baseball team. And then if you're good enough, you start representing your city, you're representing your state, and then you represent the country if you're good enough to get to that point. But there's a, like a really good competition. You can, you can imagine like in Venezuela or every Latin America uh, country, they have a lot of good players. And that's how I kind of, uh, uh, I did my own thing. You know, like I went to, uh, I went down with my grandfather every day uh, to, the, to the same kind of ballpark in, in Venezuela. And uh, I tried to get better and, and the competition was really hard because kids were like a little bigger than me or whatever, but uh, my hands were always good. I was kind of a pitcher and a shortstop. And then uh, that's how I, I grew up playing baseball. Well, you guys do have something in common. Miguel Cabrera. I want a good yeah. Miggy Cabrera story from each of you. Uh, <clears throat> Nick, let's start oh, with you. God. Oh, my God. Okay, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one of my favorite Miggy stories. First off, there's so many, right? And it's lie. crazy. It's crazy now, me not being Miggy's teammate. You know, um, how many lessons that he has taught me without saying a word, right? Because Miggy is, is a doer. He has no idea what he's doing, but boy, does he just do it. And I remember, you know, I keep this little journal with me that like, whenever I just feel like I, I'll have something or a thought or a picture or whatever, I'll just, I'll sketch it out. And, you know, it's 2018 and I'm having, I'm, I got off to a good start, right? Like, I think it's, June or whatever and I'm hitting like 320 something 330 and I just you know life is good when your your numbers are good so like I'm sketching something and I'm looking out the window of the airplane and me and Miggy always sat in the back and you know Miggy is Miggy's very whether well, Miggy's very bright you know sometimes on on you know he said she comes off as a jokester or whatever but like when it comes down to it the way he observes, he's very, he's very, he knows what's going on and he knows what he's seeing. And he sees me looking out the window and I'm sketching on my, my journal thing. And he looks at me and he takes his headphones off and goes, Hey, just remember you're, uh, what did he say? I gotta go grab it. Hold on. Wow. It's in the journal. Yeah. Is- oh, and and hey, I, I agree with this because uh, my my uh, biggest story is have something to do with this too. But uh, it's 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 just a uh, Miggy being funny, you know. This and is great. You actually have the journal with you. This is awesome. Yeah, I've taken this thing everywhere with me since 2017. This is amazing. I love it. You don't have to yeah. turn this in for a grade, by the way. It's the end of the school year, Nick. Shit, I get an F. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no rhyme or reason like everything it's not in order it's some of it's with a paintbrush some of it's with, with a marker it just makes it difficult to find stuff but I okay just so want... you want miguel rojas to tell his story about miguel Cabrera yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah. Well. yeah uh it's a it's a quick story happened this off season um well like nick say Iggy have so many stories i heard stories that i wasn't like present you know when he played for the marlins that it kind of impressed me you know like coming out of the coming out of the clubhouse without like taking a swing and hit a, a three-run homer in atlanta in a 12 30 game that's one of them 
but this all season, so we're hitting together, right? We're hitting in this um, in Sosa's facility. And Miggy, uh, Miggy's hitting. And you know, when Miggy's hitting, everybody's watching. Like Nick said, he don't know how to do it. He don't know like what what he's doing on his, uh, his swing or whatever. But uh, when he's hitting, everybody's watching. So Freddie Galvis just got to the cages because he's hitting like right after us, right? So Freddie got there and Miggy stopped hitting and asked him, hey, did you bring your $50? And he say, $50? $50 for what? Oh, you think watch me hitting is going to be free? So he's, <laughs> he's, he's asking everybody who's getting to the cage, asking for $50 so, he, uh, so they can watch him hit or they have to leave. There's not, you know, it's not free to watch Miggy hit. So uh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's a funny story from this offseason. Uh, Freddie, Freddie was like, well, I guess I'm going to give you 100 So uh, uh, that's, a, that's a funny story about Miggy this offseason. All right, so here I got it. I got this page. So I'm looking out the window. He looks at me. I'm sketching. You know, he can obviously see that, like, my wheels are starting to turn. And he looks at me, takes his headphones off, and he goes, hey, when you figured out how to walk, I was already running. And put his headphones back on. (laughs) (laughs) That's a classic. That's a classic Maggie right there. And oh, it's it's every, just, everything is connected. You see, like it's, it was so it was yeah. so but it's so true, though. You know, like I was I was getting to a point where like I'm lear- I'm starting to to see the work that I've put in. Right. Like I'm in right field now because honestly, the game slowed down so much when I went to right field. You know, I never liked playing third base. I was an amateur shortstop my whole life. I played, you know, a ball at third base. Um, then I played musical chairs for my last two years in the big leagues because they were just trying to get my bat there. And then you know, then debuting my rookie year at third base on that team, I was nervous and the game was extremely fast and I was playing baseball, very stressed out. You know, I didn't know that at the time, but me being where I'm at now, I can acknowledge how stressed out I was playing baseball my first couple of years. So like, I'm getting to the outfield, I'm starting to like it. Like I'm, I'm starting to like, you know, get to a point where I'm, it's, I'm not fighting to tread this water anymore. Mm-hmm. And like for Miggy to see all of that stuff going on inside my head while I'm looking out the window and then to say that comment, it's just perfect. That's drop the mic material. Phenomenal. Yeah. So it's interesting. You guys both came up to clubs when you debuted as major leaguers that were established, right? And Nick, I want to start with you, but then maybe I want you to give your thoughts on joining the Dodgers in 2014 when you did. But Nick, when you got there, it was Miguel Cabrera. It was Justin Verlander. It was Max Scherzer. It was Torrey Hunter. It was Victor Martinez. Hell, Jim Leland was Prince, blowing heaters. Prince, and Prince, yeah, Prince Fielder. Prince. Uh, uh, then we, Rick Porcello, Doug Fister, you know, uh, Jose Valverde came up, I think, that September. Octavio, Octavio Dotel. Uh, weren't you, know, you nervous? Um, who, who do, who's our second baseman, Matt? And Omar uh, Infante. Omar Infante. Omar Infante. Was I was I nervous? This is gonna sound stupid, but no, I wasn't nervous because I'm extremely I'm I'm very unaware of my surroundings. Naturally, you know, it's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing. So my learning curve is usually. A little bit longer but when i can get something i usually can stick with it uh yeah i I mean it was just a lot to deal with you know to have that many people 
that were that famous and that, you know, that established and that successful. But the big, the biggest lesson that I got from all of that being that far removed from it was those teams never won. As good as they were, they never did what they were supposed to do, which was to bring happiness to the people of Detroit. They got close, Nick. Close, but they did not get the cigar at the end. You know, and and as an organization, as a fan, like to bring it all the way home, that's what is most important, right? You know, the only thing I can compare is 97 and 03. And I just... I know, you know, I like I'll just I'll just talk about it from like a Marlins organizational standpoint. You know, everybody says that the Marlins uh, are tough to play for just because there's no fans and doesn't really show up or this or that, you know. But like I know what South Florida sounds like in the World Series. You know, I know what when, the city when you're winning. Yeah, I know what the city sounds like, you know, after you've won. I know I know what the re- I know what the conversations in the restaurants are like. I know what the conversations and the grocery stores are like, I know, even at Little League parks, right? It's just it's just something that can't be explained how, um, in any sport, really, when you come together and you win, what that can do for even people who are not involved in sports. You know, look at Cleveland, when, when uh, the Cavaliers got their first uh, championship, you know? Oh, yes, dude. I, I've told this story before. My kids were 16, almost 16, and, and 11 at the time, almost. And I looked at them and I said, I'm so happy for you because you don't have to go through the shit that I had to go through. I mean, I, wasn't, I was 46 years old when the city won its first championship since I'd been alive. 46? Like, that's years and years of heartache. I'm, I'm so happy that you got it. Not in 97. That kind of sucks, Nick. That broke my heart. Sorry about that. I was I was five, so I didn't really know what was going on. But I was at that game. And I woke up. You were in game seven? Yeah, I was at game seven with my mom. Uh, and my I was supposed to go with my dad, but I think my dad had to do some residency thing. My dad's a doctor, so he had mm-hmm. to do something that was important. And I was there with my mom, and I remember making signs for the game and stuff. And I actually remember that I fell asleep uh in the middle of the game but i woke up when uh bonilla hit a home run yeah erupted and then i was awake again you know and i remember uh renteria getting the base hit up the middle and uh you know council running in and like jumping up and like i just remember everybody losing their shit you know or just it's just crazy images that are just implanted in my mind that will never Mm. that will never go away and then Jim Leland ends up being your first skipper. Do you have to run out and buy him some heaters like at midnight? Hey, uh, Nikki, go, go, no, go, 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 I didn't have to do that, but I did have to. I did continuously have to call my father and put him on the phone oh. for him because my dad, being a pulmonologist, you know, every any time that he had a question, he just would he'd he was hey get your get your old man on the phone. There's, dad, <laughs> Leland wants to talk to you. He'd ask him questions just about the cigarettes or this or that or what he should do and you know how it goes. How many heaters would he go through in a game? Uh, a lot, a lot. And and you know what? He had it such down to a science too that he would tuck the cigarette up under here, right? So like he's walking around <laughs> and he'd have full conversations with you, and then he just kind of he'd kind of do one of these, and you don't even know if he's he thought he was like biting his nails or something, and then he'd tuck it away. 
And then as he's talking to you, there's just a little bit of smoke just trickling out of his mouth. There was a never an exhale. <laughs> oh, that's bro. That's, awesome, that's really bro. We, uh, we got a few more minutes with Nick Castellanos, and we really appreciate his time today. I want to get both your opinions on this because I've been talking to pitchers over the last several weeks ever since all the foreign substance stuff really blew up. Like JT Real Muto came out and put his name on it. I've gotten the pitcher's viewpoint. I want. I got two hitters here. Okay. I'll start with you, and then Nick. I want you to follow. Is it a major, major problem in the sport? Is it affecting the way that guys are hitting with what pitchers are doing, loading up the baseball allegedly? All right, well, yeah. My my thing right here, and I want to be short because I don't want to be talking about this too much because I get frustrated. Uh, is that? Uh, I mean, we've been hitting for so many years, right? And then we're seeing something this year that is the boys doing so many different things that we're not like accustomed to hit, you know, like we're not ready to hit this, this balls moving that way. You know, uh, the, the only thing that I got to say is uh, um, we have to come to a point where everybody's doing the same thing. You know, my problem is when more and more people are trying to search for something different that make them uh better than other guys that are not working with the same stuff that's my only problem and my only concern it's it's harder to hit because of that i'm not gonna say yes it's harder to hit because it's already hard to hit they can sometimes they can throw 88 right down the middle with no spin or or no rpms or not anything and you you're just gonna miss it because you suck but with all this stuff that we're seeing especially this year and it's not just me. It's the guy next to me. Aguilar is next to me talking about it. The other guys are, are talking about it in first base when I got there, you know? Then I think it's, it's a problem. It's harder to hit that way because we're not a, adjusted to hit those balls moving that way. That's, that's all I have to say. Uh, here's my thing, right? I look at it from more of a logical standpoint. Is it illegal or is it not illegal to put stuff on the ball? It's illegal. It's illegal. Yeah. The league, the league obviously knows that they're doing it, but the league doesn't care. They don't, they don't care, you know, because if it was really a problem that they wanted, they would figure out how to, uh, they put people in the bullpen to check gloves, to check hats, to whatever, you know, like they would, they would, the league would do something about it. But honestly, I don't think it's that much of, of, his, of I don't think it's that important to them. You know, uh, should it be Nick? <clears throat> Listen, the last, if I if I if I truly start speaking my mind, I usually get in trouble. You know, but it's just the league has to figure out if it wants it to be illegal or not, and stick mm -hmm. by it. You know, like it's and then the for the pitchers to say, you know, like oh well, we need it for control, so we don't hit you in the head. You know. Fine, drill me. I'm on first base. That helps my OPS, and I get paid for that. You know, <laughs> sacrifice sacrifice some velocity for some control. You know, but if the league, but if the league just says like, oh, you know, yeah, you're not supposed to be doing that, but you see pitchers, just tell us that. Just tell us that you don't give a shit. So at least we can. So at least we, as hitters, we know. You know. Um, yep. because there's, it's obvious, you know, you can see the pitchers that go to their spots or go to their things and go to their gloves and go to their whatever, you know? So I honestly, and, I don't, I honestly don't pay much attention 
to it. You know, I, everybody else, everybody else bitches about it, but just my frame of mind right now, the moment that I start bitching about it, I give them an advantage and I don't want to give, I don't want to give these dudes not one slight advantage over me. So sticky shit, no sticky shit, throw it over the dish. It's going to get hit hard. Uh, so that's a hundred. That's a hundred percent right, and, and I agree with that. Uh, the only thing is, uh, I want some kind of like equality, you know. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, like, hey, this rosin back and and sunscreen, it's been around forever, right? So you know, pitchers are doing it. Pitchers put some sunscreen on their arms or whatever, or wrists or neck or whatever it is, with some rosin back, and that's being like kind of that's legal because they help, like for controlling and and to throw the ball over the plate and do whatever they need to do to paint the corners or whatever. But what is what is crossing the line, you know? What is doing oh, like Coca-Cola seen, shit? You I'm know? not going to throw names under the bus, but like, yo, teammates that I've had, they're like, yo, Nick, check this out. And they tap the ball and the ball yeah. stuck to their finger like this. And they're going like that and it's not coming off their hand, you know? So like it's it's out there. And to say that it doesn't help, is a lie it's a huge 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 difference you know uh you know trevor did a a phenomenal job of just explaining how important spin rate is and what what how much of a difference it can have on on careers how much difference it can do just pitch to pitch you know like trevor's controversial but he's real and he's right on the money and he's super educated so you're not going to be able to bullshit him and get him off the point that he's trying to make Mm -hmm. you know and I think it just comes down to honestly, Miggy and Chris, that the league doesn't care. It's not a problem that they feel like they need to fix. You know, isn't offense is down, right? Mm-hmm. It's, that, it's the worst batting average we've seen in over 50 years. And what is what? So let me ask you this. What's the time of the games? Are the time of the games shorter or longer? I mean, they're going to be the they, same or longer. Yeah, they don't feel any shorter. They don't feel no shorter. I don't know. Listen, I think we're all in agreement that something needs to change. And this is one of the things I was disappointed baseball didn't come out with a response after 24 hours. After that column came out, they should have at least said, we understand. What, so, that what was, so what was the column? I don't see anything. Yet. Yeah, so it was it was it was talking about there were some, uh, you know, unnamed people talking about how this is devastating for the sport, that everybody knows that people are doing it that some guys have made millions and tens of millions and in some cases hundreds oh, of millions hundreds of, dollars. of millions of dollars right multiple hundreds of millions of dollars no question yes. but and but then JT Real Muto a catcher arguably the best one in the league came out and said guys we got to do something this is a major epidemic that's where it changed when a, an all-star catcher puts his name on it cuz he's dealing with both sides of it having to hit it and having to catch it so <clears throat> that's really where this all came from I hope they change something in the offseason. They've got I know there's a lot of issues between players and owners. This has got to come together. Well, there's you gotta also know batting average too is also at an all-time low and hitting's at an all-time low. And all of these uh all of these uh statistics, right? Like the no hitters, that's also because you're starting to see the effects of one-dimensional swings in the big yes. leagues. No question. You know, like you, you get we get these driveline people, the analytic people of the perfect throw the perfect swing and all this other stuff and you and the the you're taking away the individuals of competing in the moment you know like my batting stand changes sometimes from pitcher to pitcher because i have the freedom of competing to just doing what i feel is right in the moment to 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 beat this dude and it doesn't always look the same and it doesn't always feel the same 
but it's, it's competition, you know? And I think that, you know, all of these young kids, they, they want to get to the big league. So they listen, they conform, you know, so you have, so you have sticky shit on the ball that they're pumping cheese and you have these, these uh, K vest uppercut launch angle swings. And it's just, it's a, it's, I'm not shocked at, you know, the stuff that's happening now with the no hitters. And I don't even know that the batting average was as low as it was, but to me, it, it makes complete Total sense. sense. You it, know, it was, by the way, Miggy's manager, Don Mattingly won an MVP in the eighties came out and said, it's at times it's unwatchable. He's like, and this is, this is what we're dealing with because but, 15 years ago, we were teaching guys how to swing this way. You mean 15 years ago, we were teaching guys how to swing which way? Like the way that's the, the way know. that we are today, the way that <clears throat> the hitting approach is what you were just talking about. Well, I so, think that the hitting approach, the hitting approach is to hit the ball over the fence. That's the hitting approach. That's like the hitting approach that is, that is, is that an approach? It, I it is. I think for me, it's, it's, it's your own career. You know, like I'm not taking that approach okay. because I know yeah. I can't really hit the ball. One hundred percent. What Miggy said, it's it's your own career. But a lot of players, and especially the young players, don't even don't even understand that because they're too busy listening to their coaches because they want to stay in the big leagues. You know, so you get a lot of you get a lot of players who are in and out of the sport before they even are able to grasp who they are, how they go about their business and how they can help a team win. Right. hundred percent. But that's but it's but again, you know, like we're not we're told how to swing. We're told where to play. You know, we're told everything is done for us. So we're we're pieces to plug in and plug out. And a lot of the baseball instincts of players are going away because analytics are taking the place of them. You know, and that's and that's a problem for the soul of a baseball player. You know, but it's it's not it's and a lot of they don't even they don't even really know what's happening because their lifespan in the sport has been so small. You know, a great point. Uh, and that's the biggest advice. That's the biggest advice for, for kids watching this, especially kids playing in high school and in and, 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 and college, you know? Like, don't let uh, whatever they saying, the analytics saying, take your, like, part of the game away, you know? That's, I, I agree with that. You know? 100%. And, I, and there is a place for analytics in the game. I think that it can give a team an advantage to win, you know? But from the development standpoint, too, these coaches and these people that come, they're teaching first round picks with so much talent. And like these guys have never played baseball. Right. They can explain to you how to build your bike. But when you get to the big leagues, you're supposed to have your bike built. Now you need people to keep you on your bike and riding. If you're in the big leagues and you're worrying about building your bike, that's something to do in the minor leagues. You know, the big, leagues about, the big leagues is about winning. It's about success. It's about camaraderie. It's about, uh, you know, it's about, it's about winning, you know, and it's just, it's crazy because now more than ever, I feel like the big leagues is, is a developmental, is a developmental stage rather than like, this is where we come to win for this city, mm-hmm. right? For Maybe these that. fans. It's fascinating. No, you know, it's, it's really important what you're talking about. And 
but it's just it's i want people to it's just people just know what's happening because it's like i think winning has taken a back seat because oh. it's you know yo i think it's amazing how on mlb network on every game on the ticker you have gambling odds <laughs> well that's something new welcome to the business world you know but what's so like what is what is what are we in this business for well, you know like what's what's so the bottom depends. line it, it depends i mean a lot of it it is a 10 billion dollar a year business it is a business first and foremost the great thing about it for us as fans is we root for you at the end of the day i want you to do great or i want you to do crappy because you're playing my team and that's like the Fair fun enough. part of it that is the yeah. fun part. isn't it fun to get booed in a visiting stadium so my so my favorite place to play right now on the road is st louis for that very reason Oh, they you know, like you there. Walking up, walking up the to fans, the fans, fair sliding to it every day. Walking up to the plate and getting booed is the best because I'm like, man, they're booing louder for me than they're cheering for Arenado. You know, and for me, like, you know, I remember Tommy was at second. He's like, man, is the booing getting old? I'm like, no way, man. This is amazing. You know, because I, I view that as a sign of, unless you, unless why you're getting booed, you know, because if you're getting like, you know, you got booed because you got caught with, you know, steroids or you got you know booed for something but if you're getting booed because you're playing hard and like you're beating their team yo hats off that's that's as that's as much respect as you can get you know from from an opposing organization yeah you're gonna get booed there for a long time man 100%. that's awesome yeah it's fun it makes it fun <laughs> hey i do want to ask you this i know that you don't have a smartphone anymore and I don't want to talk about the suspension because it was bullshit. But did you did you know how much support you had from fans around the world, baseball world, for that? So you know, Jess, uh, Jessica would tell me certain things. You know, like hey, every you know, like oh, these people got your back, or whatever. But a lot of times when she starts going down, I'm like yo, like I just like stop, stop, because like that's you know, like that's a that's just that's a stream that I don't want to be allowed in. Mm -hmm here you know but it is it is what it is that i mean it sucked man the getting suspended because a big goal of mine was to play 162 you know every game this year so you know the fact that you know i didn't do anything aggressive i didn't throw a punch i didn't grab nobody the only thing i did was i just really wanted to make sure that this dude who hit me whether or not it was on purpose was besides the point you know it just it just looks suspicious from the time and place and the circumstance. So just, I really wanted that dude's ERA to go up because he decided to hit me. That's it. You know? And I said, let's fucking go. And I walked, I was walking away, you know? So to be the only person ejected and suspended and fined $10,000 was, I found ridiculous. You know, Amir Garrett got fined $8,000 for fighting the entire Pittsburgh uh, dugout. You know, Gary Sanchez, in 2017 through two sucker punches to me and two sucker punches to Miguel when we were on the floor helpless. And he got two, he got two games and suspended less money than that. You know? So like all of these malicious where I look at like, like what, like these people are doing stupid shit and they're getting less of a punishment than me where I was just excited to win and compete and showing emotion that I'm excited I just thought was the wrong way and the wrong message. And, but Chris, let me also tell you this, that there was no conclusion that wanted, that wanted to come because in the, in the, in the hearing that I had, 
I was asking Michael Hill questions. I was asking the other lawyer questions. And any single time that I would try to come to an understanding of their reason and I wanted an answer or they didn't want to find common ground, right? The system set up where it's like, I'm just going to read a long paper on saying why I'm right. Then you're going to read a long paper while saying you're right. You're going to throw a little dag at me. And then I'm going to read why you're wrong. And then I'm going to throw another dag at you while you're wrong. And I just had to listen to that for an hour. So it's like they, they don't they didn't want there wasn't coming to an understanding of the situation and explaining and, you know, moving forward as players. That wasn't the priority. The priority was just go through the motions. This is my argument. That's your argument. This is my argument. This is your argument. And then we'll make our decision. You see it as black yes, and white. That sad. is a tough way to live. It's a that's shitty sad. way to live, in my opinion. Uh, real quickly, you and you, you and Yachty good. You and Yachty good? Yeah, I have no problems with Yachty. You know, well, you had I the want... quote of the year. You had the quote of the year. I, I just for people, it, this is the best thing ever. And you had to smile after saying this. This is great. But like I said, yo, like that guy could have punched me in the face. I still ask him for a signed jersey. But you know, like I got nothing but respect for that for that cat, bro. He's a real one. You know, he said his piece, and I listened. You know, that's it. I yep. mean. But that's but that's honestly it's true, man. You know, like the reason why he gets so worked up and the reason why he was, you know, yelling at me or whatever, because he did that. That's the same fire that has gotten him 2000 games caught in the big leagues. That's the same reason why he's led these pitching staffs to a World Series. That's the same reason why St. Louis has tasted champagne twice since that dude's been behind. Bro, behind. He, th that, that guy had to have to have his players back and his features back. That's, that's so something I, that's so going to happen. 100 percent understand it i understand it that's why when we were i don't know if you can find the video but when i went to go talk to him afterwards i put my hands behind my back just so he knew that like there's no, i'm not i'm not looking for no physical altercation here at the end of the day i did what i wanted to do i scored you know i scored not only did i get to score off of uh, a pitcher that drilled me but it's also cool that i got to score on a on a pass ball from a hall of fame catcher Right. So fantastic. So I'm in there. We're up. We're winning. I did exactly what I wanted to do. All right. Cool. I said, let's fucking go. You didn't like it. You don't have to like it. You know, you don't have to like it. But that's just how I felt in the moment. I'm not going to swing at the dude. I'm not going to insult him. I'm not going to, you know, do anything. I'm just I did what I got to do. And now I was walking back to the dugout. So, you know, I just think that, you know, it was unfortunate that I got ejected, sucked even more that I got suspended. Sucked even more. I had to pay ten thousand dollars for that, but you know, yep, ridiculous. We so got strict get... parents, I guess, here at uh, in uh, you know, at Major <laughs> League Baseball. Did you get to sign jersey or no? I haven't yet. Okay, I have not yet, but Before I gotta I'm ask for one. All right, yeah, we're gonna end fun. it on a little levity. This is the wheel of moderately interesting things. You guys both get to answer this as we spin it. Job fair. Um, what is the one job you would be great at inside of the stadium, but you are not allowed to be in uniform? So you can't be the manager. You can't be a player. You can't be a bench coach. Give me one job in baseball where you're in the stadium. It could be anything. Get creative on me. What's the one thing you'd love to do? Uh... Mental skills. Ooh, 
mental skills. You've given us mental skills over the last 40 minutes. This has been great. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, really good. I think, and and that's the thing. Like, not 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 so many teams have play, like former players with it's like mental skills talking mm -hmm. to their you know to their own players. Yeah, but I don't think I, think I don't think I don't think they want that. I think in uh, the business maybe aspect, not. I think in the business aspect, they look at wisdom and experience in the baseball field as intimidating because you mm -hmm. can't quantify that and put a price tag on it. No, that's right. Miggy, what would you want to be? I don't know, man. I think I'll be selling popcorn and yeah. like, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't really know because if I, if I can be managing or having a new, a uniform on, no, I got, I got to say, I'll be, I'll be in the front office helping, helping an organization win for sure. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be taking a, a job with Kim and, yeah. and, you know, helping her putting a roster together. I think I, I could do that for sure. See, I got two smart hey, guys. Is that guy? Is the guy with all the pins? Does he still go to all the Marlins games? Yeah, he's still coming. Yeah. He's... Maybe I would just be. Maybe I'll just sit next to him. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll just sit next to him, bro. That guy was going. That guy was going in the '90s when I was going, and he was. I remember in 2016 when we opened up against the Marlins uh, with Detroit. You know, that guy was mm -hmm. still there, and I'm just like, man. Yeah, the guy's that guy. Still in there. That guy's my That's idol. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Nick, yeah. uh, do you have a do you have a bet with my buddy Jesse Winker about who's going to finish with higher average? You better. Uh, do we have a bet? No, yeah. we don't have a bet. And honestly, this is going to sound stupid, but we never talk about it, and nor do we, I think, really care that much about it because you know Jesse also wants to win for the organization that drafted him just as much as you know I do, and we also really understand that like. I hope he hits – if he hits 400 and I hit 399 and we go deep into the playoff race with for the city of Cincinnati, I am a happy camper. It would be pretty good. I'll take – I'll sign up for 399 right now too. That ain't bad. Shit. Nick, you have been more than generous with your time. Dude, I hope you had a good time. It was great catching up with you. Yeah, no doubt. Bro, thank you. Thank you very much for doing this, bro. Yeah, keep hitting Appreciate that ball, man. You. Keep doing Thanks. your thing. Later. I think you would be hard-pressed, Miguel Rojas, to find a more honest person in baseball than Nick Castellanos. I loved what he said about a wide range of topics. He's, uh, he's not afraid to speak his mind. And, you know, like, it's hard not to agree with him when he talk about baseball and he talk about the stuff that is real, you know? Uh, all, all that he talk about is real. And it's not like trying to make everybody, anybody please anybody you know that's that's one of the things that i take from that conversation um and a lot of guys should have taken from that conversation when you're playing pro baseball for the first couple months or for the first year don't try to please anybody just be yourself and be the best player that you can be it's a hard lesson though it really is it because is. you get so many voices in your head and and he, he made no bones about it. He said he is the player today because he stripped down all the clutter. I mean, we laughed at him that he doesn't have a smartphone and he's got a flip phone, but there is a method to what he's talking about here. Yeah, 100%. And that's why you got to be true to yourself and know that the things that are going to work for you and the things that are not going to work for you because not everything is going to work, you know? Then you have, to be, uh, you have to be accountable and know what you need to do to get better, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, listen, I, I screwed up your homework assignment last time. Do you remember it was right before you came out to LA and, and our schedules, 
our schedules yeah. just didn't mesh. So that was really, that's really You don't have me. to take, you don't have to take it all responsibility because it was on me too. You know, it was a hard schedule in LA, you know, I have to see my accountant there. And, uh, I mean, yeah, by the way, how'd that go? How'd the, how'd the meeting with the financial advisor go? It went well, it went well, you know, like it's always good to, uh, talk to your, uh, talk to your people that are in the West, especially in the West coast that you always uh-huh. talk to them on the phone, but it's always good to see in on person and put a plan together. That's part of being a professional athlete, man. Oh, you yeah. have to, you have to take care of your finances and 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 all the stuff that is around you. You know, like you have to have core awareness and and know the that it's not just about playing baseball. It's about growing your brand and keep growing as a person and and doing all the stuff. Yeah, there's no question. It's interesting, by the way. So you travel to L.A. to meet with your financial advisor, and my financial advisor is in Miami. It's actually Mike Lowell's brother. How you oh, like what that? are we doing? Okay, I'm I going to send you my financial guy number and you send me my lowest brother so we can, we can yeah. trade See, financial I, guys. I, I'm sure your, your person's great. I'm not going to give it up because he it sends me a honey-baked ham every year for the holidays. And I'm not, oh, I'm not giving that up. I mean, <laughs> I'm staying in the financial world just for the honey-baked ham. <laughs> okay, I right. like it. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, so listen, because I take responsibility for not meeting, you came to my town, even though you started your major league career in LA. This is really, this is where I live. I've lived here for 22 right. years. I screwed that up. You don't even have a homework assignment. So really the homework assignment is going to be on me when that, when that Jersey and hat arrive. So okay. I will give, I will do Mrs. Rose's homework assignment for you. How's that sound? Sounds good. That's, that sounds good to me because uh, I'm probably going to be here in Miami for a couple more weeks, you know? before I get yeah. ready for, uh, to return. But, uh, I mean, I like it as soon okay. as let's, let's do this. Let's do this. I know you've been doing like, I like the, this Instagram live mm, yes. early in the mornings. Right. So when you walk around that morning, I want to see, I want, I want you to call me on Instagram live so we can talk and you, you have a be conversation. A part of the party? I want to be part of the party that morning. W- one day that. we'll do a special guest. Miguel Rojas appearance. It's at eleven thirty Eastern every morning. You can do that. I've been I've been watching. I've been I've been I've been seeing it, and I know you guys doing it on on the Chris Rose uh, yeah account so, and the John Boy. So yeah, I'll be so, there. Hey, real quick, does Ploof know what he's talking about, or is or is he crazy? No, he's he's good. He's good. He's right. I mean, I mean, you can you can find a better better guy to explain things that is they're they're going on and happening. When know, you play more than over ten years in the big leagues, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's got he's got it all. You know, he's smart. Yeah. He's he seemed like a good teammate back <clears throat> back in the day. He's good looking. Yeah. Like he's got a lot going for him. It's hard working with him, to be honest. Good for him, man. Good for him. Yeah. All right. You got anything you want to show us off in the locker before you got to go? Is oh yeah, cool I, want, I I want something. I want something right now. Andy, come here. This is our starting third baseman, Brian Anderson. I I, I want to show you guys. What's going on? What? Wait, what's he doing there? Oh, he's hurt too. He got his shoulder. Yeah, throw those yeah, on. Yeah, he's he's rehabbing he's rehabbing his shoulder for. Uh, hey, Brian, for, Chris uh, Rose, how you feeling, man? Hi, good. I'm getting better. Getting better each day. Let's go get a workout in. Okay, good. Now, uh, Miggy told us that when you put on the sugar canes uniforms, that you played like Mike Schmidt at third base. Yeah. So, do you think you should be wearing those the rest of the year? Absolutely. I, you know, obviously not an everyday thing, but definitely a, a weekend here or there for sure. Yeah. I think everyone liked the colors and all that too. 
And yeah, he said that you're kind of need to uh, get the swagger up. Yeah, from every other day, like not just for the Shurikens. I think yeah. the red is go it goes really good with any you. any themed jerseys. I think I got to be hitting like 500 in those. So you're in. You're in. Yeah. And by the 100%. way, he's sending me a jersey, and he thinks that me at 50 years old that I could pull off a swag, swaggy look with a hat and 100%. that jersey. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah, you can do it. For no sure. doubt. That's awesome, Brian. Get healthy. We need you back out there. You guys are a fun left side of the infield. Yep, will do. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was something that I want to show you in my good. room. Like, what's better than a big league player? You know, another nothing. another another co-host or another guest. No, nothing. Not even not even another pair of Jordans. <laughs> well, maybe. Well, well, I have I have a lot of shoes here. You know, you, you serious? Know how how many how many shoes do you have there? So okay, let me let me show you real quick. So there's oh all my teeth. I don't know. I don't know if you guys saw what I'm what I'm doing now. You know, these uh so players who have their own shoe, I'm I'm actually like asking them if I can have a pair, you know. So I have uh Mookie Vets when I when I went to uh LA, I asked Mookie for a pair. So Mookie gave me this Jordans that he's wearing this year. This one is a really exciting pair that I got from from Marcus Stroman. He oh. actually signed it for me and he um, he, de- he dedicated to Miggy. He climbed into adversity. I, I mean, that. what better, what better uh, message than that right now, you know? I got the Harper Five in blue and white with the neon details. So I wear this pair against the against the, the Phillies the last series that I play over there, and I hit a homer against Harper playing right, and it was amazing. So hey, here's, uh, just a I'm gonna give you a suggestion. Things. See, I love it when guys sign stuff. Keep a sharpie like To used to do when he'd score touchdowns. Keep a sharpie out with you on the field. So if Harper hits a double and you're wearing those, just have him sign it at second base. Have him sign at second base. That's a good idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep a sharpie on my on my back pocket for sure. Mm-hmm. Just in case. I mean, you know, you don't want to bother him before the game and stuff. But I would say there, you know, if there's a pitching change or something, or you know or something like that. Yeah, oh, if yeah, there's yeah, a meeting yeah. at the mound, you don't have to be a part of. Okay. Man, that's a good idea. I think we're gonna get a lot of views and a lot of content from that. See, just always thinking, just here to help I like out. It. I like it, man. I like it. All right, listen, do you have a time frame on your finger? When when can we expect you out on the diamond? Man, if if you ask me, I'll be there next week. But I mean, it's not my it's not my call. You know, I have to see yeah. I ha- I have to see a doctor again uh, on Monday, mm-hmm. and he's gonna actually clear me out for activities, mm-hmm. which means like whatever I can tolerate, I can go. But remember, like the organization is the ones making that decision. Yeah, uh, you have to go to a rehab assignment, and I'm probably gonna have to get a couple of bats before I get back. So it's not on me. Like, like I say, if it's on me, I will work hard to get this swelling out and, and I will play with this on if I need to, you know, but uh, All right. that's, well, that's not on me. Listen, in the meantime, take a deep breath. Enjoy your family. I know you guys don't get to spend enough time with your, your young kids and your wife during the season. So it, look at it as a positive that, exactly. you know, so at least you get to do that. And I know you miss your teammates and you love your team and all that sort of stuff. But man, 
just try to look at it that way. That's all. Yeah, hundred percent. Thank you, Chris. And that's that's the way that I'm trying to go. So, uh, so Dude, I you're, go the, you're the best around. I cannot wait to see my Rose 14 Sugar Canes jersey. I will wear it proudly and swaggishly. Let's do that. 100%. Right. We'll yep. see you um, in a few weeks. Get healthy. Take care of that digit. And we will see everybody next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.